0: My instinct is just to complain about turtles, if oh, I'm being honest. Listen,
1: not to be all John Green about it, but turtles all the way down, and then there's no turtle.
0: Exactly, right? Ah. Like, literally, they make, like, at least two different references to turtles in the movie. Yes. Very, very obviously.
1: Three. There's three. There's and, three and then like,
0: there's no payoff. Just there's the Lego turtle. Yep.
1: Turtle is also on the wall. And then
0: there's and the. Ring. Yes, yes! Uh. Wait, I thought those were dinosaurs. I mean,
1: it's a a combination of several different animals.
0: Exactly. And then, of course, there's the quarry where he thinks that a turtle bit him. And there's
1: a turtle. There's a turtle in the water. And then, um, one of the, so one of the, I listened, um, I read a couple of reviews about it to prepare for this. And one of the things they pointed out is at the very, very beginning, um, when Georgie is chasing the boat on the street, there's a big pile of debris that's covered by a green tarp and it looks like a
0: turtle. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like... It's, it's, this is the worst. An, like, uh, it's like, I haven't even read the book and I know about the turtle.
1: Like that's, And yet... And I, I keep calling it the world turtle, which is not what it is at all. Um, but I listened to an interview with the, with the director and they were like, so you've been heavy hinting at the turtle. Will we see the turtle in the sequel? And the director's like... I mean, if we have the budget. Yeah, that's a lie. Mm, yeah. How much could a turtle cost?
0: Right? <laughs>
2: You're so lazy. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany.
0: And this is...
2: Home potting.
0: Home viewing. You changed the name again. I
2: did. I'm feeling spicy today. You're
0: feeling spicy. Is it because I made you coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Can One you- thing that we've been doing a lot of is I've been uh, I've been learning how to make good coffee again.
2: It's your quarantine uh, skill.
0: This is my quarantine skill. Oh, the, the carafe just bumped the microphone. That's going to be some great audio. Get-
1: oh, God. Oh, yeah. That ASMR, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. We got a guest on this I'm, one, everybody. I'm
1: not supposed Woo. to
2: be talking yet. Coming in hot.
0: No, no. Do it blank check style. The guest should always talk once before we introduce them. Surprise. <laughs> Who do we have?
1: I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I'm... Oh, well. <laughs> Why am
2: I introducing? Because I... You're been- better at introducing. You do it.
0: We have Daniel. Woo.
2: Oh, that's all I had to say? Yes.
0: Oh. Yeah, babe. I, don't I thought you we
2: were going to do something more
1: exciting. There's no lead up because I don't do anything. What? <laughs> oh,
0: you, you do so much. You do a lot. You know her from helping run the network
1: <laughs> and also <laughs>
0: DMing no dice.
1: Yeah.
0: It's Daniel. There it is. Sunday. Sunday. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no. Um,.
1: Huge fan, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm so excited to be on Home Viewing. I really <laughs> now let me let me take let me take a second and soapbox. I love this podcast and oh, it is no. so much fun. I I have so much fun talking back to the podcast in my car. I look like a crazy person. <laughs>
0: That is the number one comment we get about this podcast, (laughs) is that people who know us listen to it and they're like, I want to put in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I I always try to guess what y'all's ratings are going to be, and I'm always super close and it's very exciting. So yeah, I'm very, very, very excited to finally be on Home Viewing.
0: So I have a theory that I bias high Uh, on my ratings.
1: Only if you go first.
0: <laughs> Only if I go fr- Oh. It, yeah, going,
2: the, the slot in which you go always affects your rating. Yeah, oh my gosh. Because Bethany it's, always it's goes on both lower.
1: on And so yeah. if Bethany goes first, you're like, well, maybe I aim too high. And if you go first, Bethany's uh-huh. like, well, maybe I went too low. And you come to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. Maybe we should be writing them down before we share, and then we have to go with the number that we wrote down. Mm.
0: I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be prodded by the crowd.
1: Yeah, I like to. I,
0: I like to move with the herd of sheep.
1: Listen, yeah. a, bi- a big part of film viewing is the people you view it with, because like you always like a movie better in theaters because you're with a group of people and you're all reacting at the same time. Then you watch it at home and you're like, "Revenge of the Sith" isn't as good as I thought it was.
0: So, uh, except I watched Revenge of the Sith at home and I'm like, excuse me, this film fucks
1: oh yeah, no, Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite it's, never mind, we're not talking about Star Wars <laughs> we could we could wow, we could. what unique perspectives hot take, the prequels aren't bad <gasps> oh,
0: no, no, no. I've oh, no. come around on, the, on Revenge of the Sith especially.
1: oh, you just sheepled yourself <laughs> I
0: did not, I've always felt this way about Revenge of the Sith
1: it was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw, so
0: Oh!
1: Oh, thank God, that was not the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. <laughs> oh, You're
0: breaking mess. my heart, Bethany.
2: You knew this. I've said this on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Daniel gets it.
2: What? It's oh no, God, it's a I joke from the follow. movie. Oh no. Well, how about how about we talk about this wonderful, wonderful uh
0: the movie that finally got Daniel on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Very because Daniel is an informal it scholar, one could say. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts and I have a lot of feelings. Uh, you and the listening audience are fortunate that I have not actually read the book in a while, or it would be a lot worse.
0: I have started reading the book several times, and then I'm just like, older Bill annoys me. I'm not going to read this.
1: Uh, please, yes, <laughs> like the older losers are so obnoxious. In oh, all, good. in all, in all iterations. So,
0: except for Bill, H- Bill Hader in part two, uh, yeah, which is which was wonderful, because he's supposed to be obnoxious, like he's playing the most <laughs> obnoxious character. Yeah,
1: that's 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 how Richie Tozier to be. You know, he's obnoxious. That's the point. But you know, the number one, the number one thing that everyone says about this story, be it the book or the movie or the miniseries, is like we love the kids. The adults are unnecessary. <laughs> I don't agree with. I, mean, I would I think, argue... I think it's necessary, but it is less entertaining.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it plays into the multi-generational thing. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the recurring nature of the story. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, we can just look at our experiences watching this movie versus our experience watching part two even in theaters. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my
0: word. Like, so... But we're only covering part one, and we can throw in some thoughts about part two later on. This really technically shouldn't even be called part one because the movie's title is just it.
1: Did we say what the title of the movie was before we start talking about it? I'm sorry, but you- I said
0: foremost it scholar. But to be <laughs> to be fair, the thing with the title of this movie, I think I said the foremost, uh, I think informal scholar of it.
2: You know, and, we're not like- gonna insult our intelligent viewers here. Well, that's
1: that's the thing. Is like I, I wait was, viewers. Yeah. I was telling my boyfriend, I'm like, I'm doing a guest uh, episode of Home Viewing. We're gonna watch it, it, and he's like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "Oh, this is Who's on First, uh, the, the movie 2017." Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> Andy Andy Muschietti is it 2017? Muschietti. Muschietti.
1: And is that and the person that directed this? Now.
0: This. A- Andy M M U S C H I E T T I. I'm not sure if it's Muschietti or Muschietti. Muschietti. It's,
2: it's Muschietti. spaghetti. Um, it's Muschietti.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Piscetti. Um, it, it, yeah. it was originally someone else, um, but he dropped out of the project, and so Muschietti picked it up. And as a lifelong King fan, Muschietti was super excited to work on it. And I think that love for the source material really comes through in this film.
0: Yeah, I, it is really crafted quite lovingly.
1: Oh, right. I feel
0: like. But like I think that a lot of what's oh. fun about it, though, is you've oh, got Kerry <laughs> Fukunaga on the screenplay. Mm hmm. Yeah, Kerry Fukunaga who traffics in this kind of like eldritch horror and like very surreal kind of thing. And I really wonder like, what
1: it would look like if he had directed it, but at the same time, I like what Muschietti did with it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I th- and I think a lot of that is because of the cinematography. Oh, yes. By Chung Chung Hoon, mm-hmm. Korean director. Oh, I I really need to watch The Vengeance Trilogy But but like And Handmaiden Because like I've heard a lot of good things About Park Chan-wook mm-hmm. But I really want to watch those movies And these It's the same DP mm-hmm. Even though I have some quips Some gripes With a couple of the Cinematic graphic moments In this movie But I'll get to those later <laughs> Let's talk about What worked
1: Psh <laughs> psh I have, what do you th- I have oh, like you, you so many it. notes and I'm like I'm like let's let's let let's let the hosts talk maybe. Let's see. No, no.
0: <laughs> let's... <laughs> yeah, let's hear from you.
1: Um so when I first watched this movie, I didn't like it as much because it is not as faithful to the book um, as the miniseries is. But even as it is not faithful to like the letter of the book, it is so faithful to the spirit of the book. And just like, it, feel, it feels like you're there. Um, it, it's the cinematography, it's the acting, it's all the performances. It captures that feeling of being a preteen in a town where you can't trust any of the adults. And this creeping horror that just grows as the movie progresses. But it isn't so much a horror movie as it is an emotional movie. And I think that's what really works. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is is an entirely audio medium, but but Bethany and I were, like, nodding along this whole time. (laughs) Do you have thoughts on that?
2: What are you doing? (laughs) Just be yourself. Be
0: myself.
2: I don't want to talk to everybody. No more... He keeps motioning to me as if I'm supposed to be on cue.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to be a moderator. I should just be a talker.
1: Yeah, one of the so one of the problems that came up in the adaptation of The Hunger Games is that the Hunger Games book is so internal. Like everything takes place in Katniss's yes. head, and it's so hard to put on screen. And that's one of the problems with directly adapting it is so much of it is um, you know, mental and emotional and yeah. Just because it feeds off of fear. So right. how do you, how do we know what scares you? We don't know. It's in your head. But so, you know, the way this movie is able to take that kind of feeling and put it on the screen without feeling too heavy handed is fantastic to me.
2: Yeah, all their fears really felt like something that you could really relate to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they were all just different facets of like something you go through during your everyday life really
0: yeah. or they were like very specific traumas that they'd had before and that they did well without like being super heavy-handed with the exposition you know exactly like like I, the the scene that really got me in the theater i want to say when i saw it the first time was the headless child in the library
2: mm-hmm. really
0: yeah, no. The way that that thing moved was so. Oh, but it's well, such
2: classic like horror. Oh, like
0: it absolutely is, and that's why it got me. But I think it did a good job of connecting that to well, why is that specifically what's appearing to Ben? Because that's something that he just saw on the page that very clearly freaked him out. So like everything has a payoff and like a connection mm-hmm. in a way. Like 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 what's going on when like when Mike has the vision of the hands at the door of the butcher shop. That's
1: what got me. Like
0: you yeah you don't necessarily know why exactly that's happening at that point but then he later on goes to explain i was in the house when it burned down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh so like all the mysteries have a bit of a payoff in this movie you know like mm-hmm. every every little thing that's that happens like i think about the dairy children's hour Oh, a gosh lot. yeah oh, oh man.
2: god it, it's cuz so that's it's
0: it's just like you don't necessarily even notice it the first couple of times it's on in the background. Mm-hmm. You just hear, you just hear like, oh, it's children's programming. But if you pay attention, it's fun to play in the sewers.
2: No, yeah, the the first this this watch around, I like noticed it from the very get go, and I was like, this is awful.
0: And then it like finally pays off with the reveal at the end with Bowers. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that this is this is one of those movies that we had to turn the light off in our house to like fully appreciate watching it. Mm-hmm because the lighting was so atmospheric. Yes. Like if you you're not going to like and this, this I'll I'll have I have more gripes with this actually. This is a movie that was very clearly filmed to be seen in a theater. Yeah. And like and that's a good thing. It also but you know, this is a home viewing podcast. <laughs> and so so some movies aren't going to translate as well and I
2: I mean I thought it translated fine. I don't think I, it was an issue with
0: I think the sound mixing didn't... Ma- I, I think the master didn't work very well in the transfer to Blu-ray or digital. Really? Yeah. I think
2: you're being very hypercritical of
0: this. Oh, well... There's not a lot you must have had a very good time that
2: first time in the theater.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I had a great time that first time in the theater. But, like, this is what... But it's one of those things that I noticed because... Maybe it's because I edit audio so regularly. Mm-hmm. But But, like, sometimes bits of audio will break immersion for me. And the thing that did it here is the first conversation between Georgie and Pennywise. Mm. There's so Georgie echoed a little too much for where for the angle that the camera was at. There was like a certain, it sounded like we were in the theater, even though we were in my living room, but in a bad way. Does that make sense? Like there was too much reverb on Georgie. And I, I get it was like, that's what it's supposed to sound like because we're in the sewer grate, but that's not what it would sound like. It was almost like they were going a little too hyper real. Yeah, it's it's like that kind of thing works in the theater, but doesn't necessarily translate as well to a home watch experience. Mm-hmm. And it it just it just broke immersion for me. I wow, know.
2: I just don't feel that way. Really? Yeah. No, I nothing audio about this really broke my immersion with really? it. Yeah. If anything, the the drawn out storytelling was probably the worst part
0: so you and I both felt that this time right yeah it was like it felt a lot slower on this watch
1: have either of you seen the original miniseries
0: no we have not okay cool so is the <laughs> so-, <laughs> so 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 let's let's hear let's hear the take
1: one of the the way that the book is told is primarily through flashbacks so mm-hmm. the the losers don't start remembering what happened in Derry until they start getting phone calls from Mike. And so the memories start coming back. So we get this kind of flashback sort of telling in the book. And the miniseries also carries that through. Yeah. In this version, we just stick with the kids and it's a much more linear storytelling. um, Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I think works so much better in film. Like in the book, you can buy it because you know, you have a whole book to build an atmosphere, but in the miniseries, the cuts back and forth from adult to kid, like each episode has to be terrifying in and of itself because you don't have a chance to build anything. It's just like, Mm -hmm. here's a flashback, it's scary, now we're telling a story. But in this, you have a chance to like, let the tension build. And I think they did really good. And then they hit like, I don't know, maybe like the two thirds mark. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay. Now you either need to do something different or pay this off differently. Because...
0: There's a point where we were like, there's not that much time left. Oh, wait, no. There's still 40 minutes left <laughs> in this movie.
1: Uh-huh. Yep. No, I I paused it at... It's a it's two hours and 15 minutes, I think. I paused it at an mm-hmm. hour. And I was like, wow. That first hour was just... It just, like, flew by. I didn't even realize it has been an hour. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the second hour. And the second hour, like, went so slow. And I was like, okay, I'm going to die. Um.
0: <laughs> the, the period directly leading up to... Nibol, and then after the first time they go to Nibol, it's sluggish. Honestly, like there there aren't enough like enough horror beats, even like and that and which kind of comes to the point that you were making that this isn't really a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Well, like it is a movie with some scary stuff. There's, I think there's only there's more than one jump scare, but there's only one jump scare that's like truly effective for me.
2: Yeah,
0: in the movie and like it's
2: which is not the case in the second. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second movie was like, "Hey, let's put a lot of jump scares in. We got to make this an actual horror movie this time."
1: Yeah, this <laughs> but I mean scary.
0: That that's the thing. This one I this kind of was like a gateway horror movie for me.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> no, like Absolutely it was. You're laughing at me, but like this made me more willing to consider other, quote-unquote, horror movies.
1: Oh, that's like, like, I, I have so many friends that say the same thing. They're like, I don't like horror movies, but I watched this movie, and I really liked it. It's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I never would have watched Hereditary if I hadn't seen it first, you know?
1: That's a big like, jump there, bud. Uh,
0: it's a huge <laughs> jump. Nice. It's a hu- but then I was like, huh, this is generally thought of as like one of the scary stories this clown is real fucking scary well it
2: still took me a lot of convincing to get you to watch
1: hereditary
0: it did and i had to read the entire plot summary first
1: god that's awful yeah. how could you ruin a story like that no that's the only way i could watch horror movies for a really long time i read the script of the exorcist yeah. like four uh-huh. times before i saw it because uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have to know but yeah one of the um can i talk about characterization really quick
0: yeah let's hear about it
1: it's not it's not gonna be really quick uh,
0: <laughs> we love characters. Yeah, so characters welcome, in fact. Oh no!
2: Wow!
1: Wow! Wow! Um, one of the things about <laughs> this story, it is a story that's like it's a modern horror classic. They're it's and it's very. It deals with huge themes and it has a lot of like archetypes. So the kids, mm-hmm. while they're interesting in the book and they have personality, they are very archetypical. You know, Bill is the leader and the writer. Bev is the girl. Um, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie, I was reading one review that was like, Eddie is a little old man in a kid's body. Um, <laughs> so like, they're all very archetypical. And then you have the mini series, which does exactly that. Like everyone's very much who they are in this, in this version. Um, I was, I listened to an interview with Muschietti and he was like, I didn't try to stick so much with what the kids w- looked like in the book. When I, did the auditions, I was looking for people who had the character inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, wow.
0: And, and These are very naturalistic performances from the kids. And,
1: and you start to blur the lines between, like, a lot of Bill's leadership has been transferred over into Bev, which makes her a more rounded character than just the girl. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Eddie is not so much like a little old man anymore, he's a kid and kind of an extension of Richie's personality.
0: Right. So they all start they to... bounce like, off of each other. Right.
1: And all the kids start to, like, blur in between each other, which brings this, like, really natural meshing of seven kids, which is a buttload to consider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it all blends so naturally, and it's awesome. Um, I don't... I'm sure y'all have seen the interviews with the kids that were like... We loved filming this. Best summer ever. We got to spend time with all of our friends and you know like bond, and it was great. And then there's Bill Uh Skarsgård. That's like, I was in the tent by myself and I couldn't talk to anybody, (laughs) and everyone hated me. And I was like, oh. But uh, you
0: you gotta think he had a more fun filming part two. uh I just think about the scene with uh, that that picture of Bill Hader and uh, Bill Skarsgård sharing a cigarette. (laughs) While Skarsgård's in the full costume. Yes.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Um. But I also, I also uh, like uh, the fact that, like, you know, the kid who played Ben is actually fat, as opposed to the miniseries yeah, where he's just mm-hmm. kind of chunky. Like, he's actually a fat kid, which is good. And, it, and He looked like I did
0: in middle school, like, honestly.
1: Right? Like,
0: and and th- it was kind of nice to see that representation on screen. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, in the miniseries, he's a bigger kid, but he's just, like, a bigger kid. He's not, like, fat. Um, and also, <laughs> may I say, I'm glad Bev's hair is actually red. It's brown yeah. in the miniseries. Yeah. Crazy?
0: Sophie- Sophia Lillis. I really like her performance in this. So good. But I've liked her performance in literally everything I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. Ha- have you seen Have you seen Sophia Lillis in anything else, Daniel?
1: Uh, if- I want to say yes, but I don't think that's true.
0: So there's... There's a really great miniseries based on a Jillian Flynn novel. on. A, oh, no, that's H- what it's based on. <laughs> is it? It y- y- makes a lot of sense. Sharp Objects, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay. on on HBO. And she plays a younger version of Amy Adams' character in that. Oh. And she is incredible in it. Hmm. She's also like, that Netflix series, mm-hmm. right? That, uh, that she's in, that Stan is also in. <laughs> yes, I
1: am not okay with this. Yeah.
0: I am not okay with this. Yeah. yeah there
1: might be a fuck in there somewhere, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. She's really, really good at channeling this very, like, teenage kind of rage. Mm-hmm. You know, this this teenage kind of, like, inability to cope with the reality of the world around her. And, like, force being, like, forced to, like, go inside of herself to try and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that works really well for the character of Beth.
1: It does. It super, super does. I have more you to- had
0: one kid... I have more to say you about that when we get to stuff thought- work. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes.
2: Well, we could go ahead and watch on the what didn't work if you want to. Well, we
0: could- yeah, we could in just a minute because I have
2: uh, Finn Wolfhard. Things.
0: Oh, do not. Do not.
2: This overrated child who has been to Traipsing Around Atlanta being a child.
0: Going to my friend's house shows. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't... I get that his character's probably supposed to be obnoxious, but it was just it just did not pull it did not pull off as like a lovable obnoxious, it was just like why are you like this? With
0: the exception of that one the joke. The one joke Which is yeah, start off as a beaver trapping camp. Still lives, am I right boys?
2: <laughs> which is like like a freaking like bojack horseman type joke. Like what even?
0: I think I think Daniel's still dealing with the fact that Finn Wolfhard went to our friend's house show though.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I you know.
0: But he's
2: still a child.
0: He is still a child.
1: Not old enough
2: to go to anyone we know's house. I mean, he's not eighteen yet, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know how old. I'm mad if his. anyone
2: showed up to, showed up at my house that's under 21 that I did not invite for a children specific play date.
0: <sighs> he was born in 2002.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. So he's not this 18 yet. Me. He's 16. I don't like no. Okay. I don't like it. But like,
0: he's a good actor, though. Like, I th- okay. I think the point is of, of Richie Tozier is that he's annoying, though. Yeah. Like.
2: No, I know. No, I know that. But. I feel like all the praise that he gets for being a child or whatever is a little <laughs> overdone.
0: I think maybe the strongest of the performances among the losers, like, other than Sophia Lillis, obviously. Mm-hmm. I would say Dylan Jack Grazer mm-hmm. as which, Eddie. Which one? Yep. Oh. Yes! Yep.
2: I love Eddie. Yes. Oh,
0: he's so good. He's so good. He's, he's so funny. Like, I mean, and you say it's like he's a little old man in a child's body. And he gets some of that. He gets that, like... Curmudgeon aspect, mm-hmm. you know, but that, but that's reflected in the way that he goes back and forth with Richie. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh.
0: Okay, okay, all those are all the performances. Oh, well, Bill Skarsgård, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh,
1: Bill Skarsgård is—I have so much respect for his performance in this movie, just because like he had to follow Tim Curry in this role, which is insane. Um, but <laughs> I like. It. Tim Curry has this like menacing humor, and Bill Skarsgård. Absolutely, like Bill Skarsgård is menacing, but it's in a kind of eerie way, where it's not, you know, you, you see a lion, and well, you know, it's a lion that's going to attack you. This is more like a panther that's like that's that's watching me, isn't it? Oh, that's watching me. Oh, I don't like that. You know, just very haunting.
0: It's a very physical performance, mm-hmm. I think. Like, even with all the prosthetics and the special effects that enhance it, I still think it's very much the way he isolates his facial movements, the way that he moves his limbs, you know, the, the awareness that he has of his body. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is also the point of the show where I have to mention, yes, he is a Swedish character actor. And of course, I love a Swedish character actor. Of course.
2: like yeah, You can buy those at Ikea, right?
0: Character actors? <laughs> yeah. Cractor actor. Fiato. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the. Ike- what are you
2: doing? I'm trying to
0: come up with a an IKEA sounding name for a character actor product.
2: No, we don't. We don't. We didn't have to go that far.
0: You flat pack them, so like you have to assemble them using the little Allen wrenches and
2: everything.
0: Uh, well, I- could you imagine if I could just go buy a scars guard right now?
2: You can't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: that's what they call their that's napkins, they call right?
2: That's, that's actually what it's called. <laughs> you already
1: scars guard <laughs> oh like uh, you know you know that that like that one dance he does like near the very end that's like that the, the end oh that my everyone god was dunking on? i was watching it yeah i was like i was like you know that does look stupid but in context it's also terrifying how do you do that you know like
0: yeah yeah <laughs> And also the way the camera locks on his head mm-hmm. and then like moves with the rest of him, but his head is isolated. was a
2: lot of good camera movement in this. I didn't oh, yeah. feel like I was just like watching a home video of someone following someone around. Yeah,
0: Chung Chung Hoon, man. Yep, really there's good. some great
2: like drone shots too.
0: Oh yeah, the drone shot where it like pulls out of the bar- pulls out of the sewer pipe to go into the barrens mm-hmm. and like look over it. Mm-hmm.
2: So good. Very good stuff. There was another one that I remembered when we were watching it. I don't remember it now.
0: It's it's all nice though. All the, all those jump There was
2: one where oh, there was one part where it was like tilted. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Was it when Georgie was at the sewer, or was it somewhere else?
0: Well, I think uh, the there t- might have been a few spots. The tilted one that I think of is the blood explosion
2: oh, in the bathroom. Oh, um.
0: Yeah, where the uh, the camera is like pushed back by the blood, and then like it slides over the lens, mm-hmm. so it's like. Actually, placed into the scene. Very, very good. Like, the awareness of the camera throughout so much of the movie is very, very good, except for just one spot, which I will get into. I will get into, I promise. There's just <laughs> one spot that the camera is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Okay. But before we do that, I'm feeling a little bit hungry.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go to the concession stand.
0: Have you ever tried to listen to actual play podcasts only to find out they sound like
1: this?
0: (laughs) Here at Green Mountain Mysteries, we have the solution. We are an actual play podcast that takes it very seriously. And also one of our players is a butt doctor. We swear it's good. Green Mountain Mysteries, every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold. I need to talk about The Rock War.
1: Talk to me about The Rock War.
0: (laughs) I need to talk about the worst-looking sequence in this movie.
1: Which is a shame, because it's so iconic, and then you do that.
0: It is iconic, but it is breaking at the seams. It is... a poorly assembled composite of shots. It is... There are spots where I know it probably isn't green screen, but because of the way that the focus works, it looks like green screen, mm. and it looks bad. Stan, in particular, sticks out like a sore thumb.
1: Well, that's just there so are weird. shots
0: where... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, we could get into that, too. That was your complaint, too, right, babe? That he was like the fl- a flat
2: character. He was a flat character. Flat but him? I felt like that was more of the... I mean, that's the writing part. Flat still. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here I mean, that's a time. writing
2: problem, not a him problem.
1: Yeah, I have, I have more to say about characterization, but please continue your Rock War rant. I need it.
0: God, okay. Okay, so too many cuts, first of all. Very clear that it was filmed on different days with different lighting setups. Like, yeah. Just a lot of... A lot of, oh, this looks like it is probably a matte painting with some ferns in front of it, versus the wide shots where they clearly filmed on two opposite sides of a creek. It's just, it's so disjointed. It, like, it has the great soundtrack and it's like a great and emotionally poignant moment of the movie. And it just looks awful! Mm. It looks so bad! Mm. If there had been more fluid camera work and less hard cuts, it would have come across a lot better, but it just... Oh, mm-hmm. I, I actually got mad watching it last night, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I remember like really liking the sequence in the theater, but again, that was the first time I was exposed to something. And this is the thing with this with this podcast in particular, with so many of these movies, it's a it's a full rewatch, and you can notice the problems lurking on the edge of the frame. Yeah, let
2: it let it be known now: we never half watch. Mm-hmm.
0: We never half watch. Never
2: half watch. Nope. <laughs> Always full watch.
0: <laughs> uh, okay.
2: Are you done with your rock box? Mm. Is there more you want to say about it? Well, I
0: mean, also leading up to the rock, where it looks like it looks like uh, there's a couple of shots where it looks like they're on a green screen on the street, but that's it's like obviously they were location shooting. So was it just reshoots that were badly composited? I don't know. Clean up your frames better, everybody. Just like, make your characters look more organic. That was some like Spencer green screened into DC in Pretty Little Liars shit right there. It was, it was like a fucking Biden campaign when message. did
1: they have green screen on library. Pretty Little Liars?
0: Late season. I didn't actually I watch it. I don't remember it. that. I didn't actually watch it. Is that I saw on, Tumblr it or something? on Tumblr? Yes.
2: They don't know what they're talking about on Tumblr.
0: Tumblr, which is like an unusable website because AO3 just did a fundraiser right now. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Wait, okay, what is the, what is AO3? I know AOC.
0: This is oh another podcast. <laughs> this is another podcast, and I'm so glad that you're removed from this space. I've
2: seen it on the internet. <laughs> so you're not going to tell me? So I'll tell you
0: off mind. mic. Okay. I don't, is it that bad? I don't want to get flamed.
2: <laughs> it's a fan fiction archive. Is that another word you kids use on the internet?
0: (laughs) You are less than a year older than me.
2: Is that another word you kids use on the internet?
1: (laughs) Yes, Grandma, it is. (laughs) Oh, my word. Flamed, as if they're going to throw flames at you.
2: Okay. Speaking
1: of little old people and young people's bodies.
2: No, I related to him literally the most because I was that kid at the top of the hill that was like, no, we can't run down the hill. We're going to trip and fall. And everyone's like full steam ahead, like, like monsters, like running down the hill. And I'm like carefully, like one foot at a time, like trying to get down there. Don't
0: forget that time your friend Devin was like, "Will you be my best friend. And you said, what? Say the, say the (laughs) word that you said real quick. Say the words that you said to Devin as a child.
2: Why are you putting this in recording? Why am I putting
0: you on blast? The words that Bethany said were, my mom is my best friend.
2: Oh, no, that's sweet. It is How sweet. How is that an old person thing? That doesn't work.
0: But I'm saying that it's not unlike Eddie.
1: No, there's a... No, I... Yeah,
2: no, I'm Eddie. There's a...
1: Um, <laughs> there's a line... I even that. broke my yeah. arm. In the book and the miniseries where Eddie's like, but mom, they're my friends. And she's like, you don't need any friends except your own mom.
2: Yeah, um. just, they said that in the... The movie too. Yeah, they said it in the movie, like word for word. Yeah.
0: Ugh. well, hey.
2: Hmm.
0: You look just like Clark Cat. <laughs> Please do
2: not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was a bad.
0: That hurt Bethany to watch physically.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So I have a, I have a couple of I have I have a couple of character pieces before I get to my main problem with this film. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. So, the fact that Stan is an underrated and underused character is prevalent throughout all versions of the story. There's just no scenario in which Stan is not, you know, um, the Jewish one, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm. This, this film does a better job Possibly even than the book. Now nah, I'm going to get flamed. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still can't escape the fact that Stan is the weakest member of the Losers and Stan is not there in part two. Like, yeah, like absolutely. That's just something you can't get away from and it affects how he's viewed in part one. And it's just, you can't help that. But ah. the, movie, the movie does do better with Stan than, say, I don't know, the miniseries. Um, my... Second biggest problem is Mike Hanlon, because Mike... right. So
0: I've heard I've heard this problem from different people before.
1: So Mike is, it... is criminally underutilized in all versions of the story. Again, like Stan, but there's no like r- reason for it. Like Stan has a reason; he's not there in part two, so like it kind of makes sense. But mm-hmm. Mike, Mike is the linchpin of the losers. I am. I'm going to be forever angry about them taking the role of historian away from Mike and giving it to Ben.
0: N- to <gasps> only to yeah yeah
2: what
1: <laughs> yeah. this is the oh, main complaint
0: no. I've
2: heard
0: yeah cause he's the one who's like has family who's been around there the longest time uh-huh. it makes the most sense for him
2: yeah uh, so did they
1: invent the researching stuff then no
0: well they didn't or- invent it they just moved it from they moved it to Ben
1: <gasps> which I'm like why oh that's not good again I appreciate like the backstory that you get as far as like Mike on the farm and the bolt gun thing like, I, I appreciate Oof. those kind of views of backstories because Mike is the first loser we actually see. So I appreciate that because we get some more of Mike than we do in the miniseries when he just kind of shows up. But at the same time, still, you're taking his main role away from him. The role that he continues to utilize into adulthood. He is the most important loser. Why are you doing this to him?
0: Hey, hey, I know why. Yeah. 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 We all we all know why. <laughs> we all know why. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, no. John just like leaned into the microphone like he was going to like whisper why and then just
1: went, "Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know why?" Like uh, so annoying. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah, I in my notes it just says Justice for Mike 2020. Um so oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. Oof. I but yeah. So that's that's my second biggest problem with this movie is Mike Hanlon. Um, so,
2: um, I don't know if we can follow that.
1: <laughs> well, my what? my, my, my mean- first biggest problem is the end, not the end. Ooh, tell me, like the sequence leading up to the end.
0: Which uh, which one is that? Oh, the the lack of turtle.
1: no, the the lack of turtle is annoying but at a certain point it's like okay yeah you're not gonna make this as interesting as it could be fine whatever <laughs> um you know like, I I expect so much and still I'm disappointed but um <laughs> aside from the tur- the turtle thing Bev's whole damsel in distress storyline right makes me so mad the entire reason they go into the sewer is to rescue her in the movie which is not a thing and it makes me very upset because like, there's no reason for it. Really? Yeah. It, there's no reason for it. it. under I feel i feel like it undercuts a lot of what they've done with Bev's character because they build her up to be this like independent, her own person. She has all these mm-hmm. leadership qualities. She's more than beaverly, you know? And then, yeah, listen, it's clever. I think it's funny. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. It is kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Um, and then they kidnap her, and put her put everyone in a position to rescue her. Uh, they they do the true love's kiss thing, and Ugh. then they never follow up on the deadlines, which is what I'm very another thing I'm upset about. So, yeah, the end's treatment of, of Beverly is my biggest gripe with this movie.
0: Yeah, so that's that's actually a, a gripe that I had. Maybe not with this movie, but with the next one was. The showing of the deadlights, and I'm like, well, I guess that's supposed to be world building, huh? Mm. It's like, it's supposed to be some big exposition when we do actually see the three little lights, but they never pay it off in this movie. Do,
2: do they have deadlights in in the...
0: Th- in the second movie, that's the entire thing. Yeah. Right?
2: But in the first movie, is there... Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, he, he opens his like, face all the way sees uh, those three yeah. little lights, and that's the uh-huh. comment I made last night. I was like, well, I guess that's supposed to be world building. It's like, it, it it didn't make sense Because you're like, I guess the way the camera acts Is like, this is clearly supposed to be a significant moment for the lore mm-hmm. But you don't get that in this film You
2: know what I think the problem was? That they didn't know how if this was going to be super successful So they didn't blend it into the second
0: one yeah. And and this leads me to I know we said we weren't going to get into the second one.
1: Oh, we are We've got to at least mention it <laughs>
0: Okay. The casting of everyone was brilliant. Yes. And that is where the brilliance ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved Jessica Chastain. I love James McAvoy. I love Bill Hader. Like, they all did a great job. With nothing. With what they were given. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And what they were given was jack shit. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's, it's, and a, crit- a, a favorite critic of mine, David Sims, he wrote a very good <laughs> review in The Atlantic about this And that, which was, it relies way too much on nostalgia for a movie that came out two years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it was playing with this idea, it's like, yes, this was a big moment for all of us. This one movie that came out two years ago that we all saw in theaters. It was a huge moment. Remember how good that movie was? Let's show you some stuff that basically might as well have been on the cutting room floor.
2: It's the sequel's disease. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the sequel's disease, but it's also... The unimaginative sequels disease. Yeah. So it tries to retroactively input the flashback. hmm You know? Yeah, that's it changes you know. the format and it It's like, look at all these things that you missed in the first movie because we didn't put them in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just condescending mm-hmm. in a way.
1: The biggest strength of it twenty seventeen is the kids. And I think that they realized That no matter how hard they try, no matter how good the actors are, and they're very good, you're not going to have that kind of synergy in an adult cast. So let's put the kids back in, and maybe we'll capture some of that back. But no,
0: but they but they didn't because it was a different. It was a different set. It was a different filming. Like
1: it was making a different movie, and they didn't want to do that.
0: Exactly, and they relied too much on like the general goodwill toward the first one. Mm -hmm. For to make, I don't know something substantial, and again they tease the turtle. I
1: was gonna say, you know what would have fixed that?
0: What a turtle, a turtle, right? A turtle. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing
1: with the the thing with the deadlights is so everyone who looks into the deadlights either dies or goes insane or both. Um, Stan looks into the deadlights and ends up killing himself. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Yep, and you know, and then um, in the in the book in the miniseries, Henry Bowers and his gang look into the deadlights and all go insane or die. Um, The fact that Henry Bowers just falls down a well and we never hear from him again is also a gripe I have, but it's a minor one. Um, (laughs) 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 Bye. But and then in the in the book and the miniseries. Um, I don't remember if it's in yet, chapter two, but I don't think it is. Bill's wife looks into the deadlights, and there's this whole sequence where he has to bring her back from there. Um, oh wow! Hmm. Yeah, it's the miniseries sequence is very cute, and you should watch it. And they kind of moved that sort of they they moved that moment up to Ben and Bev in chapter one, and it didn't work. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But so that's my main problem is you. Well, not my main problem. My main problem is Bev being put in this, like, damsel in distress role. But she... Which which
0: completely annihilates the character that she'd built before. Right.
1: And then, like, she looks into the deadlights and nothing happens. I mean, she gets, apparently, future vision. Which, why? Mm. Like, okay. Uh, thank you for teasing the sequel that we didn't need. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's, that's the other thing is... The, if you're gonna make her look into the deadlights, make it mean something, instead of just being like, it's a setup for Ben to kiss her and for her to tease the sequel that we're apparently getting fingers crossed. So
0: mm. Alright. With all that done and out of the way, are we all ready to rate? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do we need to go to Fashion Corner real
1: quick? Oh, oh do
0: you have Fashion Corner? We have Fashion Corner? <laughs> the Fashion Corner hasn't been around lately. I it's... meant to
1: ask about it, and then I forgot. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fashion Corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, I really was digging all the graphic tees. Mm-hmm. Really made me feel like, um... Air Apostle circa, like, 2007. <laughs> but in, like, a grungier, more 80s way. Wonderful. So, I kind of, you know... I was very close to, like, online looking for some of these because there's one where it's just, like, safari animals. Mm -hmm. I think Ben might have been wearing it. I don't know. They all have very (laughs) good t-shirts is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Bev, I didn't really care because it was, like, the same, like, either baby doll top or, like, like, high, like, empress waist, like, dress with the, oh, with those shorts. Which, like, I get. That was, like, the vibe and, like... I don't know. I wasn't digging her style that much. There's a- I thought she should have been a little more rugged, honestly, for her, like, characterization. But I get that it was also, like, her daddy issues thing, too, probably.
1: There's a there's a point, like, right before the end where her dad's like, you look pretty enough. And she's like, I wear this every day. And I'm like, damn, you really yeah. do, don't you?
2: <laughs> yeah. She she really does wear the same dress in different colors, like, five times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man! Oh, and I guess one more performance note. Her dad was incredibly sinister and did a very good job with that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, great, great acting there. You're gross. Um,
0: like the only really notable adult performance that wasn't a fear monster yeah. in that movie.
1: Beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now we can rate. I think.
0: Now we can rate. Okay. Yeah. Who wants to go first?
2: I think we should let our guests go first. Oh, you would. You
1: would. Um, What are we we rating out of?
0: Oh, man. Um, Turtles, obviously. Turtles, obviously. Okay. How how many turtles are we looking at? How
1: many turtles? Um, Out of five turtles. Out of five turtles. (laughs) um, I would go a conservative 3.8 turtles. Ooh. Ooh. Um. It, <laughs> huh. it went both up and down over the course of this recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I really love this story. Um, I have so many more feelings that we didn't get to because this episode does not need to be four hours long. Right. But, <laughs> but,
0: this is a blank check. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love, I love well. this story. I love the way that Muschietti and the cast told it. Um, but... It suffers from the end. It suffers from the fact that it depends too much on a hypothetical sequel that didn't live up to the hype. Um, but at the same time, the atmosphere and the heart of the story is still there. So, yeah, 3.8 turtles.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I'll go next. <laughs> I've been hovering around a 3 like since the end of the watch yesterday, really? if I'm being completely honest. Because I don't know, it felt a little disappointing to me on this rewatch.
2: Like, well, well, what's your what's your rating though? You can't. Well, just... I am gonna, no, gonna. No, no Get no. to that. Spit it out.
0: Three point two. Okay. Three point okay. two. That's uh... before you
2: change it a few more times in your head. Whatever. Okay.
0: The so like the first time that I saw this in theaters, I would have given it like a solid four because I like I, it actually got me emotional when I watched it the first time, like. I legit cried with the reunion between, like, jo- Bill and not Georgie. Oh, God, yeah. When I saw it in the movie theater. Oh,
2: no, oh, no, oh, no.
0: Oh, uh, that's Bethany's, oh, like, no. favorite and least favorite part oh, of the movie. Oh, God, I
1: forgot about... <laughs> it's so- That part is so good because, like, it- there's this beat after, like, Stone Cold Bill D caps his little brother where you're like, oh, shit, maybe that was Georgie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that, it, just, it just takes
1: a second too long to start and you're like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> but, but no,' that, this, like, I didn't feel that this time. Like this movie was not as emotionally poignant for me on this watch as it has been in the past. So like it, it lost something for me. And noticing more of like what I found were the problems with the filmmaking itself, Really, kind of broke the experience a little bit. So that's why I'm at a three point two.
2: All right. Well, let me see. I you you threw me off. I threw you off. You weren't
0: expecting that. Mm
2: -mm. I'm gonna go with a three point (laughs) four (laughs) seven. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. Because I was gonna go a little lower, and then you mentioned Georgie, and I mentioned and I, that beginning sequence when they're the cutest little freaking brothers ever, and they love each other, and that hug, mm-hmm. and it's really about how much you love people and having them destroy your life, and <laughs> <laughs> it's so relatable.
0: <laughs> I just want to say the us were not for the context of the rating itself. They were for Bethany once again, adding a decimal point on there that is not a round five.
2: Well, I couldn't give it a 3.5. <laughs> oh, <my> uh, <laughs> oh man. Well,
1: that averages out the 3.49 turtles out of five.
0: Oh, <gasps> whoa. Wow.
1: Perfect. <laughs> so just
0: Daniel's over here doing the math.
1: Um, Wait, how'd you do that? Um, with a calculator? Yeah, with a calculator. It ain't me. Um, um so in in preparation to this i listened to the review that my uh the stephen king podcast i listened to um did of this movie um spooky you can you can cut this out of the podcast um they (laughs) no they they rate everything by um pennywise clown noses and there's like six of them on the podcast so they so they always like they they do the thing where they write down their rating before they come in um, oh, okay. See? And then they, they averaged mm, it out. Point. So See, I was I'm, like, I need to average out the turtles if we're going to talk about it. So.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just think that it's more fun to create your rating after discussion because, frankly, other people's opinions of things do impact the way that we view them. No,
2: I'm not saying before the podcast. I'm saying, like, before we reveal it to each other because that always changes it again. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like it's an unnecessary variable.
1: Coming into this, I I was I was sitting at like four turtles, but then like I thought more about what they did to Bev at the end, and I got mad. And then John made some very salient points about the rock war. So, yeah, <laughs> it always happens.
2: We always fill everyone so full of like, cynicism.
0: It's a pivotal <laughs> sequence, and it looks awful. <laughs> oh my word! All right, well. Where can we find your work, Daniel, even though we already talked about it at the beginning of the podcast? Uh,
1: So (laughs) pretty much the only work that you can find of mine that's actually out there, um, I DM No Dice for the Pocket Podcast Network, so you can find it uh, at No Dice, wherever fine podcasts are sold. And uh, that's pretty much all that I do.
0: (laughs) And I want to go ahead and plug the... Most recent and the upcoming episode of No Dice, because yes. I was heavily involved in those, Okay. and they were a lot of fun to make. The, the, so there is a
1: yeah. portion, uh, the episode, episode um, one of the Fantastic Adventures of the Magic Assholes, where um, John is doing his fantastic role, and I was at the laundromat listening to it, and I just went, "I love John Quinn," and then somebody in the audience goes, "I love you," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, stay <laughs> 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 so yes i can second that plug and not because i dm'd the first game i'm actually barely in those two episodes which i really love a lot
0: <laughs> but it's also the bones of what you dm'd that like really informed them which i think was so much was what made it so much fun to adapt yes like, there's there is like we talked about adaptation in this but there's just some magic to taking someone else's story and interpreting it mm-hmm. i think you, like, you
1: and Brady did such an incredible job on that it's just amazing
0: so the moral of this is listen to No Dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check out the new episodes. There's a lot of other great stuff on the Pocket Podcast Network, too.
2: Like Green Mountain Mysteries. Yes.
0: And Sorted. Yes. And you, do, you, do you have a rec, Daniel?
1: Uh, my second favorite uh, podcast on the Pocket Podcast Network, aside from my own, is uh, Them's the Facts. Which is another one that can what get you... I
2: thought we were your second favorite. It,
1: it, it varies. It depends on who put an episode out last <laughs> and, and who and who reads my stupid uh, listener facts on the air. Um... <laughs> but yes, uh, them's the facts is also one of those fun things that makes you look like a lunatic in your car because you're yelling at you know whoever has a bad opinion this week. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are a lot of bad opinions on that show, yeah. which is part of pretty what makes much it all fun.
1: bad opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Pocket Podcast at the right. home of bad opinions.
0: Yes. <laughs> the worst opinions you can find. <laughs> Alright, so Daniel, it's been great.
1: Thank you for having me on. This Our, was so much fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our theme music is by The Organ Machines. It's Oil Waves. They just released a new song called Entomb. You can find it on every streaming service. Go check that out. And until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more Berets. DVDs. Uh, you do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> Never how you knew it. Nobody looked at it that way but you We all song but you are the one with the blood on your hands. Say it, I never saw that before the song.
2: Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.